podcast. Woo! Was that loud? Woo! <laughs> Hello, people. Welcome to Crave Your Podcast, a show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, what their struggles are, thoughts in the art world, and a lot, a lot more. Today, episode freaking 30, <laughs> uh, small steps. Uh, today in the studio, I got an artist extraordinaire. He is... Uh, does a lot of things and you, you'll you'll hear how and why he's a designer writer illustrator animator compositing artist and probably a lot more other things artist from costa rica now living in vancouver canada bc Joel Rivera. yeah you got it welcome dude <laughs> yeah that's a pretty dope <laughs> intro yeah is there anything did, it, did i miss anything uh i think that will pop up lately yeah yeah <laughs> we'll find out what else you do he's a you play guitar among other things so you're just a creative, creative dude. Yeah, I got a little obsession with instruments. So. How many do you got? Last count was 16. 16? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I know how to play like three. <laughs> the rest are just there to look pretty? or uh, I'm playing with them. Okay. Not playing them, but with them. Okay. <laughs> Out of the six, the three, what are the three that you actually play? Is a Well, the one I play the most is the guitar. It's okay. the one I grew up with. Yeah. It's been like... 15 years with it mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. and then i tweak some of my strings instruments just to say use the same chords as in the guitar so i can i hack them <laughs> so I, I play a bit more <laughs> instead of learning how to the chords and those you just uh yeah just the same you, patterns? yeah you, you took you take what you have and you adapt it to what you need smart do people do that often i hope so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes sense that, that's how i approach work as well so it's yeah so uh, let's get into it because uh, you do do a lot of things. I think we should start by maybe if you want to talk about like, uh, what is your work and kind of what is your day like typically these days with work and with life? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm currently at Atomic mm-hmm. as a background lead. So it's uh, back and forth, mostly reviews, helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, always the team takes priority, whatever is happening is just help the team and then health production, that's how it goes. Uh, then mostly training. I do a lot of training at work. Mm-hmm. We come up with new techniques and we are implementing as we go. So it's like changing the tires on a flaming car <laughs> as it's running, <laughs> which is pretty fun. I'm attracted to chaos. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice um, qu- uh, quality again. <laughs> but it comes and goes. And then I've been trying to keep adding more stuff to the list so i sign up for a few <laughs> classes here and there so that's my after work is usually some sort of class of something always um, learning always learning yeah no never i think if you stop learning you stop growing for uh, sure so but when you do take these classes is that a is this a habit that you have now or you constantly have to force yourself into it uh yeah i'm just happy to have a budget for that now so <laughs> <laughs> rolling with it that's a good way to uh, say it and then you have time i guess for it too yeah because i i used, always used to some people listen to like white noise before going to bed and mm-hmm. I start listening to stuff like Khan Academy, which is like free lessons of almost everything. What is it called? Khan Academy? Khan Academy. Yeah. Okay. It's like, f- like free lessons, uh, from high school to college level wow. of stuff. I took the, their math, chemistry and physics, physics classes, Jeez. which is just wow. going before bed <laughs> and I had weird, weird dreams. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and then you have crazy dreams. Yeah. I post my dreams sometimes o- over there. Is it difficult to learn math by listening to it? Yes. Yeah, because you have I, to practice, right? I don't really learn math, so I'm, I know about math now. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm not going deep. I'm just going to have the knowledge of it mm. that I can ask people who actually know about it. Mm-hmm. 
Very nice. Dude, are you going to get a second degree in something? Do you have a degree? Yeah, my <laughs> degree is in comics, wow. which is uh, crazy. Was it actually a degree? Like, was it a degree program? Yeah, it's a four-year program from the from SCAT, the Savannah College of Art Design. Mm. Um, but before that, I almost have another degree that is uh, 3D digital animation back okay. in Costa Rica. But when I started, when I was working on my thesis, I got the opportunity of a scholarship that mm -hmm. took me to the States uh, to work there. Uh, I was doing a double degree there, but I had to drop one for economic reasons back home. Mm -hmm and only could finish the comic one, but I was doing 2D animation and 3D and comics. How much work is a double degree? How much, like, mm. how many classes is that? Not double. <laughs> no? <laughs> That's the funny thing, it's not double. Because you need the, the credits work. for it, is that why? Like, yeah. yeah okay. um, but some of the classes overlap, so that makes it easier. I got some classes transferred from Costa Rica. Uh, so in the four years, I'll get two degrees, will be normally just four years for one yeah, yeah. Uh, but because i have previous experience and they transfer stuff and stuff overlap i was gonna be able to finish in four years wow i had to cut it down to three uh, mm -hmm. because of the reasons <laughs> the reasons <laughs> the reasons and but yeah it's tough being an international student and you like i guess like not only yeah it's expensive but not just the school but the living too right? yeah like, yeah um like a school was paid off with a scholarship yeah which is it's just crazy like mm -hmm. That's impressive. It's, it's four years, three years, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it, it up like was like fifty thousand a year being in the Jeez, states. Exactly. Uh, but living was where I had uh, my family supporting me, mm -hmm. but we had some like ups and downs back home. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, I was almost about to drop out, but my grandma uh, decided to give me her savings to, wow. to pay for that last quarter, and I was able to wrap up. Man, so, so your your family really believed in you in this uh, in this pursuit then. I don't know if they believe me, but they like me. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so they didn't actually, did they know that you, like, did they know that this is something you can make money with, uh, like, uh, make a living with, or no? No, that, well, that's that's another story. It took years, <laughs> a few time to, to uh, plant out those seeds. I started uh, in architecture school back in Costa Rica. Okay. Um, I did one year there. I kind of got kicked out. <laughs> kind uh, of? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Back home, it was this thing, uh, the fine motor skills. So basically, the skills you need to handle a pencil, mm. stuff like that. Uh, I wasn't just meeting the standards of school. Uh, my and it's kind of, they told me you don't have fine motor skills, and they were kind of right. Wow. Uh, and that bought me out. So were they? Yeah, <laughs> they, they kind of thought you would be a great architect, but you don't really have fine motor skills to support yourself. Weird. Uh, so working that, but uh, kind of made me drop out. Mm -hmm. uh, took a year. Uh, then the animation program back in Costa Rica started. Um, right when they're having their first um, people graduating, mm -hmm. as when I, I got in, it was baby steps. But it took me a whole year between architecture and the school to convince my family that it's not just a hobby, <laughs> uh, that there's a living of that. Yeah. Uh, I remember I told one aunt about going to animation school. It was, oh, cool. Can you animate your uh, cousin's quinceanera? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that kind of animation exactly. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. Um, she also asked for a discount because like, that's how people do <laughs> it. Of course. You haggle. Mm. So I, when I got into animation, it was also tough. Like, mm -hmm. I still didn't have five motor skills up to... But what to does level. it mean, though? Because like, I mean, look, you look at you now, like the amount of art you create. So it's, just, it's a thing that you acquire, right? What do they mean by motor skills? It is, it, that's how I see exactly. Like, no matter people when they do tell you that you can do it, because it happened again okay. in the animation school. Another drawing professor told me, 
uh, you don't have draw. You can, you don't know how to draw. Well, that's why you're in school. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dude, hey, teacher, I actually <laughs> this time here. Uh, yeah, and that again bummed me out. But it's one of those cases when you just wanna prove it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and literally fake it till you make it. Keep going on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, lucky to be uh, at least hard-headed on that. Just yeah. keep going, swimming against the current. Yeah, man, you gotta prove them wrong. Yeah, it's a little bit of pleasure on that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I continued the school there. I learned about. I am still in love with architecture. Uh, mm -hmm. I went back to the previous school, took classes here and there, because uh, I was still like uh, into the school, so I could take yeah. the classes. That's cool. Um, and I keep on moving. Then by the, it, it was a four-year program back in Costa Rica as well, but it was also cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. Even I got a loan to pay for that one, but I couldn't afford the full program, so it was about six to seven years. Okay. And again, when I was working on the, on the thesis, I was also working at a studio back home, um, called Mart Studio. Uh, we used to do VFX commercials, animation, oh. you name it. <laughs> um, I was also teaching back then already. Wow, so how many times a week were you working? Well, oh. while studying, how many days a week were you working? Uh, every day. Every uh, day? After work, yeah. Wow. I always had something going. Weekends? Uh, sometimes, because yeah. it's a, a small a small production. Yeah. Um, I think about Costa Rica, there's it's an incredible amount of talent that is there. Well, uh, you know Luis, Luis Galera? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went to school together. Cool. Um, shout out to Luis. Yeah, shout out to Luis. <laughs> uh, back, in, back in the day, before he came here, mm -hmm. uh, he also worked at the same studio. Wow. I, I was following his steps. Smart. I still sleep today. Luis <laughs> is a cra crazy good artist. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, just to uh, stop you for a second. But that means while you're studying and you're working, that means you are you were already good enough to be working? Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, we, we made it up. Yeah. Uh, I remember I had my first interview that I didn't get. Uh, because they went for, with someone for, with more experience. Mm -hmm. But then I uh, did a class project on, on rigging, which was my first gig was with oh, wow. 3D rigging. Uh, one of my professors, one of the uh, owners of the studio, they really liked it. Mm -hmm. And they, they brought me in to some freelance in-house. Mm. Uh, I work out and I just keep working with them. Wow. Uh, and it's a great place to be in the studio because like, the industry in Costa Rica is so small. It's like you can maybe 200 300 people okay but, um because of that we everybody's doing everything mm -hmm. uh, become like jack of all trades and uh, it's a it's a great from project to project you're jumping to something different yeah. and you keep like learning and moving forward and that's how they, they i went with rigging then i was doing modeling then i was like rendering and then lighting mm -hmm. uh eventually some little designs here and there animation as well uh do you, do you like that did you like that i enjoy that a lot because the way I mean, as we, even in the intro, it's like you are able to do everything, so it fe feels like it actually fits your personality. Like you just want to know everything. It seems like. Yeah, it it came up. I mean, is the way I know. I guess it's mm -hmm. like I couldn't see myself doing just one thing. Yeah. Um, it becomes. I mean, if I'm just doing one thing, I'll find ways to bring stuff <laughs> from all other stuff yeah, and yeah. just build up. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I make growth. Um, the way I try to see it now is you're building bridges. Mm -hmm. So I know this thing and this thing that is not connected, and you build a bridge to connect those. And when you build a bridge, uh, people start using it as well. Mm -hmm. And when they use it, they create new knowledge, and the knowledge is also shared, and then the bridge becomes a city or something like that. I don't know. That's cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupt you. So that's uh, you were working, studying, you're teaching. And where, where were you teaching at the time? Yeah, I was 
teaching at the same school I went mm-hmm. a little bit as a TA, but also start full time teaching, not full time, but uh, serious teaching at a call place called Setaf, mm-hmm. which is funded by the government and UNESCO for kids with low income and in social uh, danger. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish that that's the plan. And they bring like these kids, they make them do an artist with so like highly talented kids, mm-hmm. uh, getting trying to get um, a small diploma yeah. on uh, visual creative careers, being animation one of those. I was teaching the lighting and rendering classes back in the day when Mental Ray still existed. Okay, yeah. Uh, Mental Ray and Maya, or was it? Yeah, Mental yeah, Ray yeah, and yeah, Maya. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a blast. I really enjoy it. Uh, nowadays, I'm also teaching here in Vancouver, so that's <laughs> that was also in the list. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Teacher, I gotta put that one on there. Uh, man, there's too many questions. <laughs> so, were you were you always drawn to teaching? Is that or did because it sounds like what you're doing back in Costa Rica is like you're giving back to the community you came from, right? It seems like especially for the program, like it sounds pretty sweet. Um, I, I don't it know. If that's a safe guess. Versus now, like what what is your motivation to be teaching now? Giving back, as you say, yeah. like um, and that and what I learn is when you put into words to other people stuff you take for granted mm-hmm. you kind of understand better what you're le- you're learning sometimes i feel i learn more than what my students learn mm. uh, just because i have to find ways to talk about it yeah uh, it's not something you usually do you just uh, playing it by ear and going how it is but also during my first years at school i had like a great uh, professor who kind of became one of my role models mm-hmm. on the way he teach the way he approach students and the way he approach art and that's it. He just um, giving giving it all. It's probably one of the most talented people I know, What's and one name? of the nicest people. Uh, John Timms. Say again. John Timms. John Timms. Uh, okay. Nowadays he's drawing for DC. He's drawing some cool. Batman and Harley Quinns. Wow. Uh, so it's nice. pretty dope. <laughs> uh, that happened recently. But what, so this was th- was this the teacher at Savannah College of Design? No, or was uh, Costa Rica. Okay. Mm-hmm. His name is John Timms. John Timms. Yeah. That's not a very <laughs> it is not. Uh, <laughs> he comes from, I think he grew up in the Caribbean side, which okay. is a lot of more English names. But they do speak so Spanish yeah. in the Caribbean as well. Yeah, okay. Um, but you get a lot of uh, names with uh, English origin. Mm. Okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, but no, he was just uh, this amazing dude, the nicest. Uh, he, he cared about you. Mm-hmm. He cared about what he thought. And he also didn't second guess you. He believed you could do whatever you, you say. Uh, he'll just show you the ways. And That's if awesome. it was too out of reach, uh, he'll lower the branch for you a little bit. But you'll still like, <laughs> be able to be there. Wow. And I he's also like super zen. That's, that's the nicest thing. Like, <laughs> um, I remember I got to work in... Marta's, he is also one of the owners of Marta Studio. Mm-hmm. And I, because the studio was overcrowded, I was working in his office. Because he had like, t- <laughs> set up for two machines. Uh, we're working these deliveries for a show here in Canada as well. Um, somewhat sourcing. And that time we're like just having blackouts every day because of the energy grid was just wow. falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I was like, I don't know, we're not gonna make it. We have a delivery on thir- Thursday. It's not happening. <laughs> the longest blackouts happen. I just see this dude next to me like he's gonna break. <laughs> just gonna break here. Yeah. Um, we all were like over the edge, like 120 uh, percent not there. Yeah. And he just stands up and lays down on the ground. And just like the Bruce Lee fa- phrase, like, just be like water. Just let it flow. <laughs> wow. And you'll find actually a Zen master. Out. Yeah, no, he was. And <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> and after that, that's kind of how I tried to approach things. Like, 
uh, even if you fall, even if you fail, you'll stand up again back, like eventually. There's time. Um, there's no real rush to do things. Things will just happen on their own as you keep working for them. Um, as long as you keep on on it, uh, it will eventually happen. Just keep it the flow. That's so cool, man. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about if I have stories like this, but it's really cool that you got to have such a mentor. Mm -hmm. I think that makes such a big difference, especially what you're saying about approach to life and work. Cause I think most people don't get there by themselves, right? You need to see someone be calm about it. It's like sometimes when you're at work and people stress out too much about making cartoons you know and you're like oh, we, should, we shouldn't stress out so much we're making cartoons yeah. you know but i think you need to see someone teach you that right yeah, yeah. it was an eye-opening experience uh, yeah. Uh, yeah we're just making cartoons <laughs> uh wow and i'm trying to track the timeline here because so you're working okay and then you're you're teaching you got it from that guy and then how did uh maybe let's get let's see and how did canada come into play right how did that uh, that's the state is in between. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so states you studied and you worked there? Or I, no, I didn't work there. No? Um, I wasn't allowed to. So okay. I didn't work there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm making quotes here. Um, <laughs> I got a few gigs here and there, but uh, really weren't real gigs because the visa didn't allow me to work mm -hmm. unless it was for the school. Um, how can that happen? I finished school and I decided um, to code to LA because that's where, where you go after school to try to find a, a job mm -hmm. and it was a road trip with my uh, four friends all of them Latinos mm -hmm. uh, two of them are US citizens but still with la Latino uh, back sorry mm -hmm. uh, and we went to LA trying to find a place to stay uh, we almost were homeless <laughs> we find a we find this little house in this uh, sketchy neighborhood with um but it was the only place that would rent us. Uh, nobody wanted to rent us because no backstory, no connections mm, to the city, yeah, yeah. Uh, no jobs because we we're still yeah. in the hunt. Uh, and among those days was when I got a call from DHX mm -hmm. uh, for the My Little Pony movie. To so come they as were already a, a DHX. Compositor. What yep. year was this? 2016. Okay. That's pretty recent. Yeah. I feel like I've known you for quite a long time, but <laughs> I guess not, huh? Yeah, it's it's I, I came here 2016. It'll be three years this month. Wow. Really? Yeah, man. So, uh, wow. Okay, no, keep going with your story. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it was um, so while the stuff with DHX come to, to place, I was still like living in LA. Um, just come back to this little neighborhood. It was a fun story. It was, it had two ice cream trucks that did their rounds until midnight every day. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they sell ice cream. I was going to say, are they selling ice cream at midnight? Probably uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's believe they are ice cream. Exactly. Um, but it was a sketchy place, but it's the one we got. Again, you adapt to the circumstances with what you have. Yeah. Um, uh, but by the... took about three months. DHX, uh, finally, we got things together. I flew back home to get uh, a new passport because mine was about to expire. Mm -hmm. Get the Canadian, Canadian working permit. Uh, they have to do a lot of process to get me in. But it was a challenge in production because mm -hmm. they really couldn't find people in here to do the level of compositing we were working with. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to have a compositing reel. Um, when I finished, I made comp reels for, I guess, everything. Everything you did? I have, <laughs> you go, yeah, in my website, you can see I have a, a 3D reel, a rigging reel, a animation compositing reel, reel, animation reel, yeah. uh, and the design stuff. But that's the one that got me as compositing in Harmony. Mm -hmm. It's directly on it and on After Effects. So we got to work in the movie as my first gig 
after school, which was amazing. Uh, as I, again, because the they couldn't find people. The whole uh, compositing crew was people from all around the world. Wow. I think we have people from every continent except Antarctica. <laughs> so, so cool. every lunch was like a UN meeting. <laughs> and we're talking about the difference of where we come from yeah, yeah, and yeah. how we do things. It was pretty dope. Wow. Wow. And uh, how... I mean, it sounds like your compositing skills were really good. Where did you pick up most of them? Was it through that job that you had in Costa Rica? Or? Uh, yeah, and friends. Uh, they just taught you? What do you? Yeah. So back in school in Costa Rica, it's going back. Yeah. Um, what I learned the most from, and it was also in the States, this happened the same, from my classmates and okay. from the school itself, because uh, we're always pushing each other uh, forward. We start having uh, small workshops mm -hmm. uh, that somebody will, in the weekend, we'll get together, someone will talk about something they learn. Uh, they come up with this cool skill, so yeah. we share it. And that's why we come, like how to do lighting, or how to uh, paint this way, or mm -hmm. how to use this part of the software. Uh, one of those meetings was with a friend, um, his name is David Alvarez. He's one of the guys who taught me more. Uh, I learned a lot from this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and his, the compositing stuff he told, told us, uh, me and this other friend, um, on that weekend was just, Grain, like wow. how to approach a color, how to plus lighting, the process, how the levels and skills work. Was it all After Effects or what? Were that you was After Effects. Wow. But uh, there's a thing with saying with any software, the foundations. If you focus on the foundations, mm -hmm. you can translate to other yeah, softwares. Yeah. So going from After After Effects to Harmony, once you get the foundations are the same, um, playing with the levels, keeping your values in place, uh, don't overdo with the glows and stuff like that. Yeah. Translates. I just don't understand how, how you're able to learn so much in such a short amount of time, <laughs> right? Because it sounds like, yeah, you just, well, especially learn it to a level where you can get a job on a movie. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, <laughs> it's cool, man. You uh, did it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta fake it till you make it. Uh, <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Yeah, it's like not saying no to some stuff, which becomes a problem lately, <laughs> later. Yeah, exactly. Than the story. Yeah. Uh, but taking a chance you have. I guess that's something mm -hmm. we do back home a lot uh, because uh, we don't have a lot of resources back home uh, yeah. when it comes to uh, visual animation 3D production. So we do what we can with what we have yeah. and that forces us to be more creative on a side of how to do a lot with few, mm -hmm. uh, how to push the boundaries. Uh, that is probably a better way to learn something versus getting it's like, you know, when you open up, uh, like especially like, I don't know if you, you probably you played in Blender, but it's like opening up a software that has so much power mm -hmm. that you don't even know where to go. It's like, well, you just sometimes I wonder if like you're saying, if you're so limited, all you have to rely on is the foundations when you're learning. Right. <laughs> so in a way, I wonder if that's a better way to learn. Like you figure it's like you draw with pencil first and don't even touch color for the mm -hmm. first year, you know, and then then when you'll get to color. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not overwhelmed. Well, you know that watercolor project, uh, the one of the animals? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it started kind of like that. I couldn't do watercolor. I didn't know anything about watercolor. <laughs> and the ones I did before, I just hated them. So I was in an airport going back home for a small holiday. I was like, mm, I think I'm going to do a few of this. And I decided to do a uh, hundred uh, sketches with watercolor. Nice. Uh, the first 50 they are just going to give it away to friends. Mm -hmm. uh, the last 50, you're going to compile in a book. But the idea was just to learn watercolor. So I didn't do anything else but, but that. Um, and also, I didn't force myself. didn't put a timeline. Just nice. I'm going to do 100, but mm -hmm. I have no time. I'm just going to keep on it. 
like chopping little by little to the to the rock <laughs> until something comes out of it. Uh, it worked out pretty nice. Like uh, I um, I develop a kind of a technique mm -hmm. to work with it. Maybe not the best, <laughs> but it's the one I develop and I like it a That's lot. It's a personal uh, technique, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I I don't think I'm using watercolor as it is supposed to use it, uh, but I'm using it how I like to use it and. That's all good too. Do you have any of those book books left? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> Just find find Hoel and get his <laughs> books. Those, those turn out really cool. And then, uh, yeah, it, it's so it was interesting for me from the outside to see the progress because you would post some of it. That was pretty exciting too. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that's also how I try to use the inst Instagram. Mm -hmm. I use like a personal logbook of. Uh, what I do yeah, uh, yeah. it's not curated in any form at all I just post whatever I do that day because mm -hmm. um, yeah online stuff they really want you to it is a common belief you have to curate it to a point which is good it's, it's amazing but that didn't work for me mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess like I just want to use like a really personal space where I just post whatever I'm doing um, some sketches are good a lot of them aren't but it's part of the journey um, yeah. just trying to document that part I like it. I like social media that way too. Um, I I know what you mean by having. It feels like you have to create it because like the, the big, famous accounts look like that. That all yeah. they are is like pumping out artwork. But I like the human side. Yeah. Um, that's why I like doing this. It feels like, it's not just a. Oh well, how do you hold a pencil? <laughs> what kind of tools do you use? What brushes are you yeah, using? Yeah. What brushes are you using? What's this pigment? It's like yeah, it's, that's yeah. not what matters. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think it, yeah. I guess uh, yeah, especially these days, you can find a lot of like the technical aspect of being an artist online i think now with youtube and everything else like you're yeah. saying but then again yeah i'm hoping yeah to contribute to listening to like, the human side of making art mm -hmm. you know yeah that's huge and actually i didn't know your story it's really interesting to hear <laughs> are you still in touch with the friends that you work with in costa rica because you went back recently didn't you to teach was it or uh no i just went for or you visited i went because i got my pr so i had oh. to do the border crossing and just took advantage of it and yeah and did uh, a small trip home. Uh, may go back home in February, maybe. Escape from the winter. Mm -hmm. uh, take a little break. But yeah, it's. Do your friends from there also want to get out to Canada, US? Like, uh, are are they pretty happy? And do they have careers in art there? Yeah, they have. There's a few uh, trying to, to get in mm -hmm. uh, somewhere. I believe forward. Uh, a lot of them just moving on with their life. You know, mm -hmm. the life. Uh, some takes you places takes you to other places oh yeah um others are making their own niche there uh, one of my closest friends from school alejandro bonilla he's a director back home mm -hmm. uh his stuff is it's amazing i always we do it most of our short films together uh like four of them mm -hmm. uh the funny thing about him is that he he's daltonic but the way he approaches color is incredible like his <laughs> color choices are amazing and at the beginning he used to think of color just by the hex code okay and match oh, just what he know <laughs> what what should match and there was a point he was like yeah he's gonna do just whatever do i want thing. yeah and then he just bah, explosion of colors mixes you will never believe wow and then there's this storytelling that yeah. he does his approaches to uh, conversations mm -hmm. so he takes conversations and animates, animates on top That's and he's fine. making a few films like those yeah. making some like uh, festival runs which yeah. is pretty dope um, and every time I go back I, t I try to get in touch with them that's really cool you said you've made four short films I saw a couple on your website yeah there's yeah. a yeah there's 
three or four here and there. Impressive, man. I don't know how you got it all done. It's really <laughs> cool. Uh, being from Costa Rica, do you uh, do you see uh, people in North America having any different approach to art? Do you see any major differences? Hmm. Dangerous question. I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I'm doing everything kind of the opposite side. Back in when I went to school in the States, it was specialized, specialized, specialized. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my background is just do what you can with what you have uh, and mm -hmm. explore things. So I think the specialization is really ingrained here. Like, oh, I wanted only to do backgrounds, I only want to do characters and yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh, which is also good. Like, different things work for different people. Yeah. Uh, but because I always enjoyed that part of just jumping, switching hats, mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't get into that wave. Uh, I tried. I, tried. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not only do gonna do this. And then I got bored and I started doing something else. Do you think your next job is not gonna be in backgrounds? Uh, <laughs> my next job is gonna be backgrounds still. Yeah. But a different aspect of backgrounds. Okay. Uh, oh, you already know what's coming up next, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Uh -huh. Cool. It's uh, cool. Still, like, not announced. So okay, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be there. Uh, but, um, after that, we'll see. And then uh, maybe while we're touching on the job part, you're saying you're a lead. So how much art do you get to make these days at work? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not really a lot. Uh, a lot of my time goes to coordinating outsourcing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of patchwork. Are you guys actually outsourcing outside the studio or just inside the studio when you're saying? Outside. Outside. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. I didn't know. Cool. So it's, uh, and also managing inside the studio, uh, working with uh, our own artists as well. Mm -hmm. So most of my time comes with, hey, I need uh, to a way to solve this quickly. Uh, so we are we have introduced, uh, I think you saw about uh, three elements that you can drag it directly into Photoshop and use as an asset, and then mm -hmm. you paint on top of them. So usually it's just building a quick 3D proxy that they can slap on and mm -hmm. use as a prox as a base. And is the main motivation for the proxy just to figure out perspective, basically? Yeah. Before you start uh, drawing? The way I see it is the less you focus on... Mm -hmm. You know the 80-20 rule? The 80% finishing or something like that? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's like... 80% of your time will go to 20% of what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the last 80% is going to take 20% of your time. Yeah. Um, so I want to reduce the amount of time the team spends focusing on perspective stuff that they know yeah, about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just going to manually hard mm -hmm. and use more of that time to invest in making it look good. Yeah. Um, I'm all about shortcuts. Something I talk about <laughs> with, with Alan, Alan Parker yeah. a lot is like we are both lazy but lazy in a good <laughs> way because we can't find the shortcuts that are going to make the job easier so we can focus on the stuff that we yeah, like yeah, yeah that's cool uh, uh I, I should mention that Hoel is working on a 2d show last kids it's mm -hmm. been announced gonna be it's already on netflix yeah, actually it, uh, the first three episodes with well, a movie first movie is out on netflix already check it out i saw your name in the credits yeah, me yeah too. you're famous it's now it's always you gotta update imdb no i really just you just have to hold watch credits <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of famous we get but it's still fun yeah uh, it's, it's worth it like seeing your name up there with the show with uh, Carmen previously mm -hmm. it's always nice um, it's a little bit of of warmness you f you get like hey mom I make, make something <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it it's like hey look I actually got a job and it's yeah. paying bills <laughs> <laughs> yeah what does your family think about it now uh, I think uh, they support it yeah I think they, they understand it uh, they say uh, 
once once they said like yeah you were right you can always have a oh, actually have a living out of this which uh kind of yeah make an impact uh open their minds a little bit it's a good feeling yeah when also, it actually works yeah. <laughs> i also have like two little siblings okay uh, 12 and 10 mm -hmm. and that just make it more worth it that they're actually watching the stuff that's what uh so i wanted to ask you is that uh do you watch cartoons yourself yeah okay okay yeah. that's good then because uh and so then what kind of content do you enjoy the most hmm. well, i enjoy always stuff that doesn't doesn't get dumbed down mm -hmm. uh that's something I, I approach with my own stuff i i believe kids are way smarter than what we give them credit for and they get a lot of more of subtext than mm -hmm. you believe and they'll make readings that are deeper than maybe maybe many of us will make yeah. of, of things that's why uh, I was uh, kind of leading because like we can get into in a bit into your uh, into your project mm -hmm. lizards have no friends yeah lizards have no okay friends. that's the name yeah because uh, I, I remember talking to you about it and how it is dealing with darker subject matter but that's why I was asking you because especially if you do consume that media like you watch cartoons and then I guess see sometimes like from your perspective if you watch enough like you're saying sometimes it doesn't have as much substance like certain things out there yeah it's not that it's just dumbed down and it's mm -hmm. everything in your face mm -hmm. so when they're just throwing something directly at your face, you're just gonna move and get, let it pass. <laughs> uh, it's better when the stuff is all around you, like embracing you, mm -hmm. uh, so you absorb it. It's uh, so kind of like floating. Um, so if the ideas are, are, are there and you're trying to communicate your your feelings or whatever you're trying to say, make it part of the whole thing. Uh, make it kind of, uh, how it's a word, it's not holistic, but just, mm. That's substance where you're gonna flow substance mm -hmm. yeah, yeah instead of just like bits that you're like sharpshooting to someone's face yeah meaning so it's like small concepts versus bigger over overarching theme uh no it's more like the way i approach stories yeah. you have you know like they say like the, the picture thing like story is king mm -hmm. yeah, yeah uh but i try to think like the theme if the story is king there's a theme that is god for lack of a better word mm -hmm. uh that the king boasts to mm -hmm. uh so I feel like every theme, everything in your story should relate to that theme and it's what you're trying to mm -hmm. say. Um, if your theme is, is love or just and maybe have your theme really concise to something mm -hmm. like you can explain easy yeah. and then have every element building around that. How it relates or how it doesn't relate becomes mm -hmm. part of the same thing as well. Having said that then, do you think about um, what we're contribu contributing to the society then through our work? Not personal work. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think so society and people will see what they s need to see mm -hmm. from stuff. So you think they'll find... They, fi they yeah. find a meaning mm -hmm. on their own. Uh, you don't have to spoon-fed it. Okay. Uh, because people have different need needs and people have different things that they want to say. I feel as, as long as you're being really honest with what you're putting out there, people will make the best reading they can out of it. Mm -hmm. And it will make it more appealing because some every person is infinitely complex. We all have like different issues with us. We have different fears. We have different things we love. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we're still like humans. That's all. I mean, we re relate in um, same ways to different stuff. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're, the content you're putting out there is like really honest to what you feel, people will connect to it not in the way you want, but in the way they need. Yeah, which is different approach and i think that's where you're talking about not spoon feeding mm -hmm. you need to leave some room for like open room which uh, yeah 
sometimes when things are too obvious, it's <laughs> you look a dummy. Mm. Like the show, the show's treating you like a dummy. Yeah. But it's always hard because you, you wanna say something and you wanna make it clear. Well, I think that's why writing is so difficult, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's why half the things you make in the beginning are so cheesy because <laughs> it's so direct yeah. and on the nose and yeah. Uh, make it real is it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Especially even if you come to dialogue, that's another kind of warmth that you love, and it's like, oh, yeah. and that's when cheesiness become. <laughs> we usually watch oh, like, like over the top. <laughs> we usually watch like action movies at home, like '90s action movies at home, and they were like, oh boy, uh, this is great. <laughs> uh, have you been studying writing somewhere? No, uh, I really don't think my writing skills are there. Mm -hmm. I try to focus more on the drawing part, creating mm -hmm. images with those. Well, and you do a lot of world building as well, mm -hmm. right? I, 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 uh, but it comes from, from the need to do it. I mm. guess that's... I would love to take writing classes, maybe after finish some of the ones I'm uh, taking already. The next podcast you got to listen to when you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I really want to check the Neil Gaiman one that's out there. But um, uh, I just think it's stories by themselves. Uh, it comes back to being honest because we'll be we have been telling stories forever. Mm -hmm. Like... Maybe even before before we became humans, but mm -hmm. but we know what humans uh, stories are out there, and that's how you translate knowledge through time. Uh, it's like embedded. We ourselves are a story somehow, mm -hmm. and we're the story that our ancestors built with us, and we carry that story with us. So it's something natural in everybody, mm -hmm. and you're all just attracted to them. You want to hear about someone you, when you meet someone you want to know about them like mm -hmm. what makes them them and yeah, yeah. that's what and then also when you're drawing uh, I do a lot of a lot of life sketching so you're trying to see who that person is not just how they are like mm -hmm. no, just not the lines that make their faces like why are those lines here and how the way they approach the world the way they open the eyes the way they look at things it changes from person to person that's so embedded in the story they make mm -hmm. As you're talking about the stories, are there stories that you want to see more of out there? Do you, is there stories that you think are not being told? Well, yeah, I, I, all this, I think I mean, like all, the, all stories the stories are not being told. But is there anything specific you want to see more of? No, I just want to see, I just want to see them. There's yeah. nothing specific. <laughs> like, uh, just really surprised me. Yeah. Um, but tell me stories that are meaningful to you, mm -hmm. because somehow they will also become meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, not just uh, fast food stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a thing with the formula that you get to story when, you, when you're studying script writing yeah. of the uh, Aristotelic method or like uh, how you break down your story, yeah, yeah. Hit, hit points, your uh, point of turn is here, your uh, climax is here, yeah. and everything is broken down. And that's super helpful. But the way I see it is there are patterns that we as humans put on top to understand something that was already there. Mm -hmm. um, happens a lot when you see a photo of like uh, some politician fighting in the parliament. Yeah. They put like the golden mean oh, on top. Oh yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It fits. But it's a lot of that is because our brain likes patterns and yeah. it's going to make it fit somehow. For sure. Uh, and not all the time. And it's the same with those like story building methods. Mm -hmm. We see a pattern and we name it. But that doesn't mean the story conveys the pattern. So we're making it work together. Uh, I just feel like there's a little bit more of a esoteric, for like lack mm -hmm. of a yeah. deeper work. Mm 
worth for for stories mm -hmm. that's like a but do you think that but isn't isn't it still worth knowing the structure i, I know what you mean that it already yes. existed there it's just we gave words to it yeah. right yeah it yeah. is super worth it like yeah. uh because you see it and then when you start seeing it it becomes amazing when someone breaks it yeah and it's the same you learn the rules so you can break them don't exactly don't just like go jump into the fire and get something <laughs> that's against fire yeah first well, and I do think the more stories we're going to see, and uh, we are, because we're getting a lot of content, mm -hmm. I think you have to break it. You, yeah. Because that's the only way to, it's not the only, but it's the main way to be original mm -hmm. and different and unique and also be refreshing. Because yeah. like you're saying, there's so much content that is quite similar to one another, probably for these reasons. Yeah. And the structure is also good. Like I, I'm not, I use them. Mm -hmm. I am not opposed to them. And then as long as you keep asking yourself, is my story going here because of the structure or because the story needs to go here? Mm. Uh, so when the story needs to go somewhere else, you're allowed to break it. <sighs> Those questions are so hard. Yeah. <laughs> There's no right answer. It, it's just not. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but again, each one will have their own approach to them. Yeah. So then let's uh, jump into your personal project. You've done two comic books so far on, uh, on the Lizards Have No Friends, right? Uh, almost. almost. I've done okay. like a... Two pitch bibles, um, which something that I what enjoy a lot is just doing uh, pitches. Mm -hmm. uh, and this project is called "These Are Have No Friends." I started in school in the states uh, for a class called the pitch. Um, we got to pitch it oh, cool. to. At the end of the term, they flew some like famous artists, and you get to pitch it to them and get their feedback on your story. Uh, the guy they flew in for Mike was uh, Chris Asaki, who yeah. was a production designer at Pixar at the time. He's at Tonko House now. Wow. And his job, his work is just amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only feedback I got for him is like, make it happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. that's a lot of pressure. That's a uh, But I really enjoyed that story. Um, it's a story about loneliness and solitude. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this thing in Spanish, we don't have two words for loneliness, mm -hmm. like you have in, in English language. We only have soledad, which uh, have most of a negative connotation when loneliness and solitude loneliness has the more like a uh, like depression and alone kind mm -hmm. of thing and solitude is more of the positive uh, kind of feeling yeah, yeah so the whole thing of the story is making that switch uh, going from a loneliness into something negative to solitude something positive how to twist those energies for to move forward mm. so that's how that's the back backbone of the pitch and it came as a form of therapy, kind mm. of. Uh, when I was in the States, it was really hard to relate to people. I was too focused on getting my, my things done. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, do was feeling really lonely. Um, so this project, I use it as well to understand what I was feeling and mm -hmm. what was going around me. And it's just a story about this little boy called Charlie who is, uh, likes to catch lizards. Mm -hmm. uh, he goes following a mystic Chinese lizard through a portal goes into the lizard kingdom which is a world like ours but not quite it's just broken down into pieces by a mad king mm -hmm. who after his family disappearance he went crazy he broke the he shattered the world into different segments and it's built up in an episodic kind of setup kind of like um, so each episode is going to be a different part of the world with a different kind of lizard who represents a different kind of loneliness mm -hmm. And it's just the story of this boy, Charlie, following the lizard to all these places uh, and meeting new uh, lizard 
characters who represent different kind of loneliness as well and helping them or working together to give it that twist to come to something else that's what i liked about your pro project is that you did break it down into like stages mm -hmm. of like like types of loneliness that was very interesting i when i was uh, reading just the pitch i thought it was a pretty uh, it was a very interesting move to actually like dissect it and find different parts of it because yeah i mean if you stop to think about it there's a lot yeah to it yeah yeah uh there's so many kinds of things we give the same name mm -hmm. uh, but it's always it's different kind of feelings the way they affect you uh, so yeah this helped me a lot to understand um, how it's gonna work up in the end charlie just trying to get to the lizard king who is gonna the only way he can return home mm -hmm. so it's this normal journey uh starts somewhere else returns back home mm -hmm. uh, but learning a lot about himself during the process and that's what i was saying when i was asking about content this mm -hmm. one is a very interesting one because um i don't know what kind of age group or who you're building this for like mm -hmm. i don't know if that's something you think about um but it, it it's it's unconventional because it is about something heavy mm -hmm. doesn't mean it needs to be represented as heavy i think there's like there's you can deal with heavy subjects in cartoons and do it in a way that can still be like um appealing uh, or like appealing or not heavy for kids i mean yeah. pixar movies are all that like yeah. they're they're talking about death and yeah and like heavy issues where so it's a i would love to see your project come yeah. through that would be me really cool me too yeah <laughs> uh, i, I chopped little by little to it um a big influence for this one was uh, over the garden wall okay. uh, that we're in the season yeah uh, which is uh, it the show itself helped me to go through a small uh, depressive state that, I, that mm -hmm. it was um, and yeah that's why i realized like yeah stories can do way more for you mm -hmm. um, i'm uh i'm gonna have to admit i i'm like on i only watched three episodes so mm -hmm. far because i only found out over, about over the garden wall like a month and a half ago from my teammates and so i have it open on, at my work so ever like if i have time during lunch i'd watch an episode and i i mean i, I guess I gotta get to the end, but sometimes it feels like it's it's almost a slice of life in a weird world, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting way to do it because it's fresh entertainment. Like I feel like what you're talking about breaking structure, they're doing they're breaking all the structure. It yeah, somehow like you get all the backstory later and stuff. Oh like yeah, okay, I gotta I gotta happens, finish. But okay. it, it it's a good trip. It's yeah. a, it's a good trip. <laughs> um, I admire love what they did with the mood, with the story, with the feeling, and even the look, man. The everything look, yeah. was very bold uh maybe bold is not the right but it's unconventional yeah maybe uh, yeah new maybe unconventional yeah just the same just having a whole mini series of 11 episodes uh airing in a time when everything's going somewhere else it's, it's amazing yeah. and it begins and ends uh, totally that's someone took a risk i want i don't know if they even made money back on it because i feel like these see like you know the industry we're in it's got a someone is paying for it so yeah. it's a business it makes sense uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong but it, it's got to be financially viable but that's why it's interesting to see these projects that are take these stands and somehow are able to do it it's right it's amazing uh I, one of my first gigs after school mm -hmm. uh, oh my real first gig after school was in a comic uh, okay. called uh, check please by ngosu kasu uh she just sh we went to the same school we met there uh, mm -hmm. she asked me if i want to help her with flats which is the comic stage where you just put in colors for the color artist to paint on top mm -hmm. which is really basic but yeah. it was my first gig i gladly helped her and then we keep going the project is super successful by itself uh, awesome. she has one of the most well-funded kickstarter campaigns for a comic wow uh, every st and it's structured in like 
four years, like each year represents the life of this uh, boy in, in college. Uh, mm -hmm. He was a figure skater, joins the hockey team. Uh, it's like a romance story that okay. happens. Uh, to the point that everything was free. Everything was online. She was doing everything online for free. But people still like funded it wow. amazingly yeah. for the first book, second book, third book, and now the fourth one that is coming up. Uh, last, lastly, last year, uh, she got a book deal. So comparing both all of her production into actual books that are in libraries now. And, wow. Um, and you can buy them. And last night, I think, uh, she won a Harvey Award for one of those, which is like a really cool prize. Uh, she got to meet Mike, Mike Minola at the awards what? and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, she was like, that's amazing. So working with people like those, like it's a small project that I just keep a little part of, of it. But I learned that she was putting her something that she wanted to tell mm -hmm. and it found a niche. Because yeah. the story itself, I'm not the target market, but working with it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I see the people who really like that is it's, it's beautiful and when she was making those stories was it um it, it was just her personal motivation to just like th that that's what like she was she wasn't making it to like was she making it to sell books was she making it to try to get into you know some or do i think she just wanted to make that yeah? story yeah that's uh, the best I yeah she just had she just had a really good eye for that's for cool. what was needed yeah. out there uh she tapped into uh, a niche market that yeah. wanted that kind of stories uh, and put a lot of hard work right that's yeah. uh, I love she, these kind of stories really yeah but uh, I'm really happy to be a small part of that project yeah, yeah, yeah. as well uh, so wow just one Congrats. Of the that's so cool yeah. what is it called check please that what you yeah said? Okay. Oh, oh my god check please okay mm -hmm. I'll have to look it up I, I'm probably seeing it that's yeah. so cool um. Um, I want to ask you uh, what how when you got into the animation industry because mm -hmm. i mean I, I see your first job was actually comic books which is pretty interesting uh when you got it into the industry uh how different was it from what you imagined it when you're in school mm. or was something different like that you thought would be some other way well getting paid was cool <laughs> that's different <laughs> that's, that's different uh it's still like when i started in costa rica it was tough like the all-nighters were common uh -huh. Back in school, I'm back at work. Wow. Um, mostly because we're small teams trying to oversell for uh, companies. Mm -hmm. One of my other experiences uh, that I I have that not a lot of people in at least our industry in Canada have is being on a fifth level of outsourcing, <laughs> which it's uh, bananas, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So this show started some guy in LA, I'm gonna keep names of this, uh, <laughs> who get a production company, I think somewhere in Miami or Ohio, who knows a guy in Colombia, who hires students in Costa Rica, who hires me while I was in <laughs> the States when I was not supposed to be working. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a fifth level of outsourcing. And a lot of the stories that being sourcing up lately about things that happens, it's pretty much true. Um, Getting feedback is crazy. Uh, it's this crazy telephone line that you okay. game you're playing. Do <laughs> this, and then the next person says, but do this too. And then oh, like, do this that. and that, <laughs> but not this. And what you get at the end is like, make a duck. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they know no, it wasn't a duck. It was a duck. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, can we make it bark? Uh, uh. And it's, that was a tough experience. Um, and what happens is, Usually there's, as money trickles down, 
it also gets snatched yeah. um, and people get hired but less and less and less that yeah. actually being paid but people are making a profit somehow mm-hmm. and so you're being maybe not paid enough for the amount of work that is that has been promised which is the other problem uh, yeah it's a big like one it's still is happening yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so just over promise but not because they it's what they want it's because it's what they have to because there's studios everywhere over promising everyone's competing competing yeah. right, so you gotta offer something better so at the end you have a team of five who just promise to do what a team of 25 will do <laughs> uh that happens a lot uh down the line mm-hmm. uh happens here as well my production starts with smaller teams that end up like growing twice thrice their time mm-hmm. their size uh because there's a promise you make well then there's expectations right like oh you said that's how it's yeah. gonna be and yeah mm-hmm. Uh, so that uh, happens a lot happens in the small side of it happens at the top of the chain happens at the bottom of the chain <laughs> uh, and it's a tough part of the industry that maybe non, not a lot of, of us are aware of Yeah, but it's something to keep in mind and also it feels like we have no, co- no control over it right yeah. I mean yeah, unless you get me, I don't know if you get high enough where you can try to like you ra- rationalize with people right especially when you had enough experience because yeah a lot of artists do not know every aspect of production so it's hard to say sometimes yeah and it's also not something we are aware of uh, in our daily 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 days we get only contact with one person Mm -hmm. on the other side of the production line and it's not something also uh, exclusive for animation yeah. Happens in probably exactly. all of the every yeah exactly. I think it's just that's because money is involved. Really, that's, that's what it comes yeah. down to. Someone wants something for this much, but you got to offer it for less. And there you go. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your favorite part about working in animation industry? Or a couple of things. The people. Yeah. Uh, Say when I was in school, is the people you work with and the people you learn from. Um, mm-hmm. It's just inspiring. Uh, just like it happened to have two incredible roommates. Both of them like blow my mind every time I see what they do. Nice. Uh, Kyle Scott, Kyle, Kyle Scott, bastard. Yeah, yeah and uh, Becky Weddle as well. Uh, oh both yeah. of them. Oh my God, it's, it's Becky. The, the, all those boards. Just yeah, every time magical. we see uh, like a board of Becky at work, uh, it's like, damn it, Becky, why? Exactly. Uh, but then, yeah, it's the people I got to like live with, and then the people also get to work with is amazing people who are pushing the boundaries somehow. Uh, that's how I try to approach everybody is what something that my dad always told me like everybody has something to teach mm-hmm. um, well he always say uh, learn only the good things I just switch <laughs> it to uh, everybody has something to teach even yeah. if it's how to not do things yeah um, so yeah uh, take what you can be like a sponge uh, see what other people are doing uh, still like an artist like that <laughs> um, thing says is see what people are doing how can you use it as well uh how can you improve it and then give back yeah um, which i think giving back is the part where you actually have more mastery of what you're trying to say mm. and that's what solidifies your knowledge but also one i feel knowledge is meant to be shared for sure and the more you share it the more it grows and the more it comes back to you as well it's like a weird karma thing mm-hmm. that's cool when uh, when you see people that you're surrounded by who are, you know, creating something big or you know pursuing something that they clearly love and they're, I guess, like creating something. When you see them do it, do you f- like even for example this girl you're talking about who made that 
check oh my god check please comic book <laughs> do you do you reflect back and see in yourself what you need to do and what you need to create do you know what that looks like no no i think when i i think it still happens i really driven by negative emotions <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is worded w uh, poorly but uh i started to draw because i saw a friend drawing uh, mm -hmm. which he was drawing because he was taking Fran classes back in Costa Rica. Okay. Fran used to teach back in Costa Rica. Wow. Fran Delgado. Fran Delgado, yeah. yeah Fran. She's on my project. Yeah. Another oh. amazing artist. Uh, one of the other All of you good people are from one place. What's yeah. going on? Oh, one of, another <laughs> the few Costa Ricans in, <laughs> in Vancouver. Nice. I told you, we have a really big uh, talent pool back home. Yeah, clearly. Uh, but he was learning at, at the place where she was teaching. Okay. And he used to show me the photocopies they give with stuff. And I was like, hey, can I give it a look and it's <laughs> practicing and i keep on drawing that's how i we're like just manga drawings mm -hmm. manga classes but that's kind of how i started like i, I see someone doing it and like i want to give it a try and I, that same thing happened with the guitar and it's been like 15 years now that i've been playing it's <laughs> also pretty cool yeah and happens with a lot of things i got into lately i also got into swing dancing yeah, classes because cool. i saw a friend of mine who mm. also does that and mm -hmm. i was like that's dope i want to i want to <laughs> learn so uh, let's give it a, let's give, give it a go it's very inspiring you, you're very much like your lifestyle is just learning things actively uh, actively because <laughs> not just because i think it's easy to just sit back but you're actively doing it it's so cool uh but you only stick with those things like i, I can see how you pick them up because you saw someone do it but in the end though you stick with them because you like them you know what i mean like if you you probably picked up something and you just stopped a month later right yeah yeah, yeah. if i start something i don't like it I just stopped doing that. Okay, uh, yeah. Namely sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just... No, I, I like some sports. But uh, we have so much limited time in exactly. this, That's how I feel this world. that, uh, And what I see is you have limited amount of energy as well. Might as well put in the things you want to do. Yeah. But going back to the question, though. So when you see other artists create things, and, I, uh, and you said like you create through negative emotion, or maybe... Or, jealousy and envy i guess so then um i'm, I'm just trying to I'll, i, I want to see if i can get you to answer it. Uh, what is, do you know what is it you should or you really want to make in the same way that you're inspired by other people's creations bottom line what i see is they're doing what makes them happy okay uh it's not following their steps mm -hmm. it's following the feeling they have when they make and that's what i'm talking about what yeah, I don't. Know. I guess it's different because, yeah. like, how sometimes I, I, similar to what you're saying, it's like you you see people create around you, and it's it's so impressive, impressive, especially when it is like a a really thought out um, project piece of work mm -hmm. where even on a like on just like on a surface level, you can see how much effort something it took. Mm -hmm. Where you know it's even more impressive because it is so scary. But when I see people do that, I want to uh, personally, I want to be. I want to be able to create something that also leaves an impact the way they have left an impact on mm -hmm. me. And it goes back to, you know, music, yeah. uh, performance, movies, etc. But when I think of it, sometimes it's, I find it difficult to know what that could be for me. You know, what is it that you can do? Right. I see. Yeah. I think I approach it different. Yeah. Uh, no, for me is um, how... I think like impact and stuff, again, comes back to the story thinking. It mm -hmm. comes to what people are going to read about it. Um, and if you put yourself out there, uh, it comes to something like 
kind of relates to how I feel about the idea of style, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that I cringe about. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, those questions are pretty cringy. <laughs> well, how do you how do you get your style? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this in, in class. Well, that's how I try to approach it. Is uh, what you see other people are doing is just uh, like an X-ray, uh, the tip of the iceberg of a snapshot of their brains or mm -hmm. their feelings but their journey to get there to put that image out is so personal mm -hmm. that if you try to grab grab it you're just gonna grab it superficial you're not gonna because you're not in their everyday lives like the way someone feels about the world is the way they portray stuff um and it's just on them uh, what we define as a style for someone like for example how do they draw an eye mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's just a collection of shortcuts they gain around, yeah. around the way uh, they simplify the symbol of an eye in this way that people like mm -hmm. and it becomes a style and then people copy them and people copy <laughs> it. but you're just copying the surface exactly uh, you're not yeah. copying the context that build it up we all want to copy Mignola but <laughs> we'll never be Mignola exactly <laughs> uh, instead like yeah Mignola have their own way who that made him just look at these hard shells and yeah. colors and shapes in such a unique way but it's Maybe it's something he saw when he was a six-year-old. Yeah, or like, yeah. this child scares me. <laughs> and they just draw that child that scares him. Yeah. Uh, so it's great uh, to study the masters, but it's also really good to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's just a process that you have to allow it to happen. What people know as style is going to come out come out eventually as mm -hmm. you just keep on doing. Uh, so uh, eventually you're even going to get sick of it. And it's like, Why can For I sure. do something different? Yeah. Uh, but at that point, just start changing your subjects, your approach in life. That's kind of why I try to keep on learning stuff so I can keep like a wi wider scope on what's out there mm -hmm. and take it for me as well and then put it out there. It's like a recycle bin. <laughs> um, nice. How often do you sit down to make artwork when you don't want to make artwork? Never. So you only sit down when you want to? Uh, no. Uh, I don't do art comes back to the time we have yeah. uh, work it's already eight hour hopefully time of a gig that <laughs> you get that yeah. you get and sometimes you get home and you just don't want to uh, I try to draw when I feel it mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's every day in a week sometimes it's once every three weeks uh, but mm -hmm. it, that's how it happens I don't try to force it but then I also uh, create a cheat code in my brain <laughs> um, to justify my behavior. Yeah. And it's that we're really just drawing every time, every day. Uh, because drawing is not something you do with your hands, something you do with your brain. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you start seeing the world, uh, how you observe the world, how you absorb it, you're building stuff, you're thinking about drawing, you're approaching okay, how that person walks. Uh, why are they walking like that? How is the weight distributed in them? How can I put that in paper? I'm not mm -hmm. making the practical side of it, but I'm thinking about it. I'm building theories around it. And then eventually all that's going to come back and put back into paper. Of course, the sooner you go back to the paper, the better, because the idea will be fresher. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but even so, you're always building on that. Um, I feel once you get the pressure of drawing every day, uh, can be unhealthy. Uh, Sometimes I draw every day, uh, but it depends on the week and mm. how everything happens. Um, I rarely join challenges like Intober right now or yeah. stuff like that because I feel they drain the fun out of me. Uh, but that's the thing; those like challenges like that m m 
There's got to be a day you really don't want to do it. Yeah. And then and you kind of, and it's kind of going to show as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes you don't really want to do something and then you, which is just contradicting everything I'm saying, but that you don't want to do something and you do it and it comes way better and you're really glad you did it. Yeah. Which is also good. Uh, but what works for someone is it's not going to work for everybody. Personally, I just, I draw when my heart feels it. Mm. But I don't want to be swamped by the ideas of it. Um, which is really tough because it's kind of going against what everybody tells us to do. Just keep on drawing uh, every day. If you want to compete, if you want to be alive in this comp everyday competition, you have to stay sharp. It's tough there because uh, to get better, you need to put the hours. Yeah. I guess maybe what, what people need is, like you're saying, the cheat code. Like you need to trick yourself. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's going to do their own way. But I think you need a bit of a trick. Like you yeah. need to, because everyone's lazy too, let's not forget. <laughs> and sometimes not wanting to draw can be because you're not inspired or because you're lazy. Yeah. And the diff like sometimes it's hard to know the difference. Yeah. It's a, but it's also allowing yourself to enjoy your, s your time with you. Yeah. Uh, there's like, uh, in Wikipedia, there's a bunch of questions for going to dating <laughs> apps. Uh, one question is, how do you feel after doing nothing for a day? Yeah. I'm like, I, I answer that mindlessly. I feel great. I feel awesome. <laughs> and I see almost everybody answer like, I feel terrible. It's the worst for me. It's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, uh, so is maybe you're not used to just be with yourself. You're not allowed to listen to yourself. Maybe it's not that, but take a time to marinate on your own ideas mm -hmm. and then grab that energy and put it back into something you want to create. Uh, I think that's another way I, pr I approach it. I think it's hard to, uh, you need to, like, but you need to be con conscious of the, when you're not doing something, but you're still, do you're doing something else. Cause it's, I think uh, the way I think about it is how in, in our society you s you're, you're told that not doing anything is actually very bad for you. And yeah. I think that's probably comes from like the guilt is created through you, but really through the pressure of seeing all your friends and colleagues and people out there just posting work every day. Yeah. And so I think that's where that negativity comes from. It's difficult to like allow yourself to not do anything. Right? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And it's also you're just being bombarded, not just by your friends, like every artist, Everyone, but maybe yeah. you follow a thousand artists. Oh, yeah. And you only, if all, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if only ten post something a day, yeah. you'll see ten new things every day. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's nine hundred and ninety who didn't. Yeah. But you only get bombarded by those ten. So you're just overwhelmed because oh my god, there's ten people doing more stuff than I do. Exactly. Uh but something happened like similar to Pascal Campion was a huge influence on me. Oh yeah. And the guy posted something every, every morning. <laughs> I like, well I need to catch up. And then I don't really need to catch up. No, it's a it's a wrong feeling, but it's hard to get out of. And yeah. I, I, I still get it like I I still feel like that sometimes. Oh, it's me so too. <laughs> it's see, it's not gonna go away, but it, it still goes back to I think it's a fine line of when are you lazy or when are you right? You need to know yourself so well, yeah. And you need to structure your life, I think, in order to not feel bad on those days when you don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of also like people who go to the gym say like you hate it the first two months, but then it becomes part of you. That's true. Yeah. Um, but also, no, for me it's just. What works for me is allow myself to be with myself and have my own pace. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have, I have no rush to be anywhere, uh, but I know I'll be there someday. That's very positive. Um, the I feel like the anxiety I get sometimes, uh, 
is we're, it's not exactly maybe it's a bit of that but how you're saying there's only you know, there's only a limited amount of time <laughs> and you and i have a full-time job but it feels like there's certain things that i want to be able to get out there that uh, that i think would be cool to create or that that could actually provide something interesting for people maybe <laughs> You know, there's a glimpse of hope that maybe it's going to be something new and unique, and and then you contribute the same way other artists contributed to you being inspired. Maybe, not that it's a goal, but I think it all comes goes into like one package yep. of things when you're creating. Um, a part of just like you know being a creative, and, and that's where it feels like you need to rush. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It, it's a hard one to deal with when you do have a full-time job. I think, or then again, I pr it's pro you'd still have that problem anyways, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't think even if you have full-time job, you'll still find... There's no time. Ever there's enough time, There right? will never be yeah. enough time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess for me, it's just use that time to build experiences that you can draw from. Mm -hmm. um, instead of... And this is just me, and it's going again, again against what people usually tell you. Mm -hmm. Use that time to build experiences and the commu community around you. The people you love, the people you like, the people, your friends. Uh, share time with them. And that's gonna somehow reflect back into what you do instead of just putting a lot of time and effort into a, a thing that is just floating out there. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you give back? Which is like kind of like this podcast is a great example of that. Uh, what can you give back to others to inspire, uh, but also be part of the life of other people? Mm -hmm. And I think that may create a bigger impact in the long run. That trying to put something that is gonna be an impact for many people. Mm -hmm. You change one small thing. Uh, you may create a big, big change overall because uh, you don't know how it's going to trickle down in time. Never know. You what never know. What kind of class are you teaching? I teach usually a couple of design classes. Last term was environments and props. Okay. This term is just character design. Do you make your own curriculum or is there a curriculum you follow? There's a curriculum I don't follow. <laughs> uh, well said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a curriculum that I go, I hit the points, but also I'm adding a lot of stuff for example, this class is character design for a 3D class. Uh, the curriculum is really drawing-based, but sometimes people who go into a character a 3D course, they're more, more influenced by, by modeling or by effects or by other mm. stuff. So how do you teach uh, shape language? How do you teach about foundationals of character to uh, a crew uh, whose interests may lay somewhere else? Um, mm. Uh, whose drawing skills are maybe not uh, their main focus for their careers, but how do you teach something that is going to last? So I'm trying to uh, focus more on shape language, uh, how to build stuff, how to mm -hmm. sculpt to more tactile side of stuff, how things come together to build bigger shapes, uh, shapes inside shapes inside shapes, instead of just uh, ruling by, by a line work. That's cool. So it's I'm trying to give it a different twist. So it's the same concepts, but transmitted in a different way. Mm. And then I'm also trying to teach the way I would like to be taught. Um, that's huge, but it's because you know. I think because you have that role model you're talking about, that's got to be so help helpful yeah. to know what to do. It is. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, yeah, there's classes that you feel it was not quite up there, but um, you get a chance to refine, reiterate. Mm. Uh, that's something I, I try to do a lot. Uh, I embrace all my failures. I look forward <laughs> to failing. Uh, <laughs> Because I fail a lot, yeah. uh, and I fail really often. I think that's helped me a lot, way more than any of the few successes that I have, is learning from the mistakes I've made and embracing them when they happen and accepting them and then studying them. 
what's the biggest failure when you think about it? Mm. There's like just failing some drawing classes, stuff that I I did mostly back in architecture school back then, <laughs> bringing back old ghosts. Yeah. Uh, things that I thought were a good idea that were not. Okay, but I learned why they were not. Um, another failure, not so much a failure, but I went to CTN when I was in the States. Mm -hmm. I got to show my portfolio to Pascal Campion because nice. I, I bonded with, <laughs> uh, he was setting up the booth, uh, his wife was there, I would start talking with her. And she was like, oh, you're so sweet. Let me show to call Pascal so you can see your portfolio. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> he saw my portfolio and he destroyed it. Like every single piece was destroyed. But he also give me advice on why like it's mm -hmm. okay this doesn't work but it's because of this and that mm -hmm. this doesn't work because of this and that but to fix this do that at least at it was constructive very constructive right? he was no not only very constructive he gave me step by step on how wow. to improve the different things that didn't work per piece uh i wouldn't be here without that like mm -hmm. uh without showing something being turned down and then <laughs> rebuild from that that's how it uh, goes yeah. And the time he took to actually went through it and to explain me, and he was in a rush. Mm -hmm. uh, he do was in a rush, and he just took the time to seriously give feedback. Uh, it's been really helpful to me. So wow, I wouldn't say that was a failure. It was a really learning no, no, experience. No, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess learning how to take that criticism takes time. Oh yeah, that too. It's <laughs> al it can it's always painful, even if you know. Oh, I, I spent yeah. the, the next two days in the parking lot, just like doodling in the sun. <laughs> uh, but it was worth it. Nice. Uh, you always recover. What's your um, What's your Do you have a Do you have a dream or a goal that you want to take you of what you want to do with your art? Not really. I just want to keep going. Nice man. I uh, I am really bad at planning, mm -hmm. but I'm really good at improvising. Uh, <laughs> so I go, I, I'm just playing it by ear and see what comes in, what comes out, uh, taking a road and the road ends up being a dead end, go back and find a new one. Um, I don't really have a goal. Uh, eventually it will be great to have like a really nice freelance pool that I could back, go back home, mm -hmm. work from there. I, in just a beach hut, get some <laughs> Wi-Fi, and send some drawings. Sounds good. Uh, but that's mo most yeah, just like a summer dream than, um, than a big a big thing that I want to put out there. So you miss home a lot. I'm not great with the cold. Mm, okay, that that, makes that's sense. about it. No, okay, I got you. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's an easy answer. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, fruits are really good though. Oh yeah. Um, what advice do you wish you got before you went to architecture school? I don't know. Some first is don't take things personal. Mm. It's a, uh, I mean, it's not you. Even when you tell it's directly not you, <laughs> it's you who are not the one who's working. Uh, then just keep on it. Uh, uh, and again, it's it's really good to fail, um, which is something because you get graded. You feel you're not allowed to to fail, but you are. Uh, you are also kind of expected to, so you can improve. Because mm -hmm. if you're always hitting that top mark, maybe you're not really improving. No. Just keeping on the flow. Uh, 
and if you're always keeping on the flow maybe it's just you're not allowing yourself to experiment mm. around around that because um, every experiment will come with a phase of this doesn't work then you can ask why this doesn't work and then how can i make it work mm-hmm. and then is this working now and then you can yes you can move forward no you can start re- reiterate again Man, I can see why you're a good teacher. (laughs) (laughs) You have a really good way of explaining these things. That's cool. Um, uh, What is your favorite place? Favorite place? Music. (laughs) What's the the latest uh, obsession as far as music goes? I I don't know. It's, uh, well, we used to jam at work. Nice. Uh, That's how I kind of started with uh, some friends. Then they didn't allow us to jam at work anymore. (laughs) Uh, Killing all the fun. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, there's a studio, like a, like a place you rent a room to, to jam really close to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend found out about it, and we rent a room. It's pretty sweet. We jammed there for a couple of hours, let the some steam out, and nice. we're really just like making noise. We shuffle instruments. We play stuff we don't know how to play. <laughs> um, and it's mostly hang out with friends, have fun. Um, that sounds really fun. I love musical. That sounds like yeah, yeah. That's that's basically the feeling I want to get. Uh, the feeling I would love to have when while I draw is the feeling I have when I'm just playing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it doesn't happen, but sometimes it's really just getting the wave and just move on with it. Keep, keep chasing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, if you had to choose another career, what would it be? Oh boy. <laughs> One uh, of those questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think changing careers like twice a month. Wow. Um, well, that tells me about your work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lately. I've been thinking about psychology, uh, just to understand some stuff that is happening uh, to some people around me. Mm. Uh, I've been, I would love to work with robots, uh, like the kind of like, stuff Boston Dynamics does. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. mind blowing every every time in a while. <laughs> I would love to go into AI uh, and study creativity from the AI side. Mm. How can you create stuff? Because I was thinking it would be really cool to make uh, AI that can jam with you. Man, you're gonna work for the <laughs> other side. Work for the evil side. Yeah. I'm gonna take take us out of work. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, he, he's smiling right <laughs> now. He's like, he just wants all artists to fail. Uh, <laughs> Imagine, like, once you are allowed to fail, then you can overcome it. <sighs> That's a very positive <laughs> outlook. I've seen the Matrix, dude. I've yeah. seen what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is uh, what artist must everyone know about? Hmm. First, know yourself. Know yourself. Yeah. Okay. First, know, know what you want to do, and then Some find deep answers. And then find the people who are doing the stuff you kind of want to mm. do. Uh, it's not like because there's stuff for everybody, especially now. Like if you think about it, it's probably already out there. Yeah. Uh, so think of what you want to say, what you want to tell, what you want to go on with, mm-hmm. um, and then find who's doing that. Uh, a lot of the groundwork is done for you. Yeah. Uh, this is like the Stephen Hawking book uh, in the Shoulders for Giants. He goes like how modern physics are built upon the discoveries of Einstein. Those were built upon Newton, and Newton was built upon Descartes, mm-hmm. and Descartes was built upon uh, Euclid geometry and, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the same for us. Like the things we're going to try to tell, uh, there's at least 10 million of human history. Maybe yeah. someone already did it. Probably. And then look around for that. Uh, for me, a lot of my inspiration comes from 
myth and stories. Mm -hmm. uh, the stories uh, that were oral traditions and that really inspires me in not just uh, oral sense, visually as well. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, know what you want so you can know what you look for. Some deep Zen, <laughs> master Zen answers. The, the student has become the Zen master. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a piece of art that's had a huge impact on you? I love uh, Da Vinci's sketches. Okay. I have a little book back home that I need to bring. Just like his sketches, collection of sketches, mm -hmm. not the final masterpieces, but Where mostly. Are, the, are they the technical ones or? Of, of, er, of everything. everything yeah mm -hmm. so it's like sketches he did for caricature sketches he did for like technical stuff but it's mostly how he sees the world and that's something that influences me a lot of that renaissance way of thinking like not specializations you know bordering uh, bro broadening your scope mm -hmm. um, taking from all around the place to build something bigger you're, you're uh, doing it <laughs> oh no it'll make sense full circle <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright and uh, what's your ideal lifestyle chill chill yeah <laughs> um, does it include work does it include a full-time job as long as it's chill yes uh, <laughs> chill. there was a point in the past months that i had five gigs running at the same time okay and that was so draining uh, that was not chill that was not chill that was <laughs> anti-chill uh, and I keep doing that to myself. It goes back to learning how to not say no. Uh, mm. I keep saying yes to stuff, and then I get overwhelmed, and then I don't have time to do the things I want. And I keep uh, putting them to the side. Uh, I don't get to them. <laughs> so ideally, something that's going to have time to do the things yeah. I want. Those things may be drawing. Those things may be something else. But a lifestyle that will allow me to just keep exploring. Yeah. Which is kind of what I have right now when I don't say yes to things. <laughs> Thanks for saying yes to this, though. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the time. I know, I know. Once again, it's a Sunday. I try to get people out, but that's. Uh, I, I hope. This I hope. Is yeah, cool. This is good for you. I, I knew you were cool. I didn't know how <laughs> cool we were. I mean, now I know. I now really know. I hope people listening, people listening, also learn from this. It was really, um, really. Uh, um, well, there's a lot to learn from it. I've, I'm forgetting words, but this was very, a very cool conversation i hope yeah i'll, I'll uh, there's a lot it feels like a lot to take out of it you have a very positive outlook <laughs> on life which is uh i appreciate so yeah i think i consider myself like a really negative person oh yeah I totally really, <laughs> i really in your mind maybe yeah, yeah. that's internally i don't know if you have seen the corsegar's videos or school of life stuff uh they call about optimistic optimistic nihilism mm -hmm. or optimistic pessimism uh, <laughs> i wake up waiting for the worst so everything after that becomes uh, uphill. <laughs> That's like, where you're positive. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just starts with your left foot and then walk with your right one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's some some cool videos that kind of shape like mm -hmm. the philosophy track to get day to day. Okay, send me links. Uh, how can people find you? Because um, I mean, I actually messed up. I should have said your uh, Instagram and website, but I mean, you can let people know. Oh, um, yeah. It's just my name, uh, which is the com actual complex part is my name. Joel, J-O-H-E-L. Yeah, it's a Spanish version of Joel, yeah. uh, <laughs> which my fa my parents just put an H in between, which creates mayhem. So just <laughs> J-O-H-E-L, and then Rivera, uh, and then look for the little green icon with a couple of eyes and a smile. 
That's right. That's you. That's your signature. <laughs> you. Yeah, I've be, been using that guy for a while, so that that'll be me. Nice, man. Thank you so much. Oh, that thank was, you, man. That's so. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for taking the time on a Sunday. Uh, thanks for the chocolate. Yeah, you're welcome. I made some macarons. Uh, that's for this fella here. Um, yeah, people. Thanks for uh, checking it out. Thanks to Hoel for stopping by. All right. Uh, um, what a dude. What a guy, huh? <laughs> so I impressive. Um, if you, oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Episode thirty. Thanks for thinking that episode thirty was me, man. Yeah, uh, time flies. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about Creative Theory Podcast, uh, find me us on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, just email me. If you know someone who should get in here, just shoot me a message and we'll set it up. Otherwise, uh, thank you so much and have a good, very good, good, amazing two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.